I think we're live. Uh, episode four of While You're Away this week. Uh, just going to cover a topic that is something I struggle with. So it's just me and uh, my co-host, David Morris, as usual. But it's just going to be us this week. And the main reason is this is something I have struggled with in the past or probably still struggle with today. And uh, David has been a good person that helps me get out of this uh, sometimes. So the topic is just getting unstuck. Uh, I get mired in uh, projects or, you know, tasks or job assignments and tend to have, you know, have a tendency to overcomplicate them or make them harder than they need to be or more complex than they need to be. So I thought I would just have, have David talk a little bit about how he keeps from doing that because uh, it's it's something mm. I'm not very good at. So, yeah, I think it's something that that everybody's not very good at. Wouldn't you Initial say? Thoughts. Yeah, I I think I mean, wouldn't you say it's something that everybody's not very good at? Oh, to a certain extent, so. I could be I could be just being hard on myself because you're. You're more aware of, I guess, how you do things sometimes than I. I just know that's something. Uh, maybe, maybe it's good to hear that that lots of people struggle with it. It's not just me. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I was thinking about it as you were introducing that. That to a certain extent, right? It it may be different things for different people, but uh, all of us have a tendency to overthink and overcomplicate things in in different facets of our life. So some people have a particular tendency to maybe, uh, you know, overthink or get stuck in a relationship and might not get stuck at work. And some people might get stuck putting together a spreadsheet and, you know, have a pretty smooth process of engaging in relationships. So that's that's the thing that I always wonder about is, you know, is it that some people uh, just don't struggle with getting in their own way and getting stuck? Or is it that they just struggle with it in a different area of their life than maybe I don't see? Whereas, you know, the ways that I get stuck are, at least to me, feel glaringly obvious. What do you think about that? Well, as you were as you were talking, I was going to ask you like the question that came to mind was, how do you identify like yourself when you're stuck? Like, do you have any methods for if there's not someone around to walk in and say, "Man, what are you doing? You're making this too hard." Uh, do you have any systems or approaches, you know, internally that? like to step away from something or to identify yourself, man, I'm, I'm probably in that zone where I'm, I'm taking too long or I'm making this too hard or, you know, something of that nature. I'm just wondering if there's anything you've uncovered that helps you identify it without, without an external source to tell you that you're doing it. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, to have some broad application, I wonder if we shouldn't start with kind of the anatomy of being stuck. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, uh, 
I would imagine there is something common for for most people about what types of things like like what is it that causes them to feel stuck or in their own way or overthinking something yeah um i can throw one out uh lack of confidence like if self just by starts to shape the path for how do you break out of it so for example um you know i think very often when people are doing something that they don't feel competent at doing, uh, there's a high likelihood of them overthinking and potentially getting stuck. Uh, I think there, and anytime there incredibly tight deadline or something that you're doing that feels like really important. Like let's say, uh, whatever you're producing from, the activities that you're doing is going to be used to make a significant business decision or is, uh, you know, going to involve you, you know, making a big personal investment, spending a bunch of money on things, uh, say around your house or, um, such a really huge decision, like who you're going to marry. Right. So anytime you have that component of uh, a lack of competence, and or perceived lack of competence, and then the, the presence of some sort of external pressure, some so what to whatever it is that you're doing that is significant. That I think those are those are probably uh, what come to mind for me is kind of like the two two kind of key ingredients to getting in your own way and getting stuck. What what would you add to that list? Well. Um my the the signal cut out for just a second at the beginning and i actually said uh one of the things you mentioned for me uh lack of confidence uh is one of them because but it ties into your lack of confidence comment because it's basically the same same thing is for me i find that i tend to get stuck whenever i'm I'm not confident that I'm competent or qualified enough or, you know, have enough knowledge, whatever the case may be. But whenever I lack confidence is when I tend to overthink, uh, take too much time, make things too hard. Uh, and it's all in an effort because I to do a good job uh, because I care and I want to do well and and what I find is it usually results in the opposite that, you know, you don't do as well as you could have done or the end result isn't as good as it could have been uh, because you're just, you end up adding 10 things when five would have done the job. For yeah. Instance. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. That's a really fair point. And I think you could probably, I mean, all these things can be connected. But I think it would be fair to even separate in separate categories, confidence, competence, because you can, and then what I'll just call, I wish I had a C to put here, but just pressure uh, on the outcome, because I do think you can be very competent in something and still not be confident in, yes. in what you're doing, right? So I think those things, and, and the flip side can certainly be true. I mean, I've met many people who seemed very confident, but did also but did not have the competence uh, <laughs> right. uh, to go with it. 
And so, yeah, no. uh, all I was going to say is, man, when you and when you're not confident that you are competent, the the pressure just multiplies those feelings. When right. you add the when you add the variable of there's some sort of you know job expectation or you know expectation from your spouse or financial pressure when you add those things in then the just inherently that doesn't make you feel more competent it makes you worry more that oh man i'm going to screw this up i'm not going to do a good enough job if if i mess this up am i going to get fired um is my wife right. uh Am I going to lose a bunch of money if, because I'm going to make the wrong call here? So that's the the pressure is such a key factor because it just multiplies any other feelings that you're ha- of any type of inadequacy that you're having. Um, if you add some sort of exterior pressure to that, it just multiplies the feelings that you're already having. Yeah, and I, the, you know the thing that I would add to that. I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's a great way to a great way to phrase it is just that um, that pressure exponential multiplier, and and the the level of that you know the the number that's in that exponent uh, will vary based on your sense of confidence and competence, right? So so if you if you're low if you're low confidence and competence and and you have high a high pressure outcome then it's just going to ratchet those things through the roof and 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 those things can be different for different people because i think when you look at it from a a confidence and competence perspective the reason why you overthink things and um and and get stuck is what i was saying at the beginning i, I think it applies to everyone everyone deals with that but um, but the areas in which they deal with that are different. So I'll, I'll just give you an example. I, I have a tremendous amount of confidence and competence when it comes to public speaking. I've done a tremendous amount of it in my life, and I've always gotten you know, positive reinforcement uh, every time, you know, essentially, that I've done it. And so with enough time and experience and reps, uh, you could essentially put me in the most pressure-packed situation, and I, I feel pretty at ease standing up and and speaking. And so, uh, whereas a lot of people would terrify them to stand up and speak to their little kids, uh, you know, first-grade baseball team, because right. they don't they don't have any sense of confidence or competence, and so. And then there's other things for me that trigger that that might not trigger that for somebody else. So, for example, I don't feel confident and competence when it comes to uh, investments. And so I'm going to overthink, worry about, delay uh, making investments and things for sometimes for years where there's other people who have you know, a great sense of fluidity when it comes to those things that could just look at something, evaluate it, make a go or no go decision, take action and move down the road. Okay. That, so, that made me think of something. So yeah. what do you think 
what do you think about the idea of like how many lost opportunities are derivative of you know getting in their own way for the investment the investment comment is what made me think of this like you know but it doesn't just have to apply to money right so you know obviously if you miss out on a good investment early on because you're unsure or you know just afraid to pull the trigger because of lack of you know confidence or knowledge then you could potentially you know miss out on on a windfall of of monetary but you know i think the same holds true in your job for instance you know how people could miss out on the opportunity for you know a promotion or a raise or just you know impressing their boss or doing a good job just not because they weren't capable of doing it just because they got in their own way and got nervous and froze yeah and and so i guess in some ways i would say that's an unanswerable question um it it reminded me of i used to in in a past life be responsible for safety at, at a company and and the question of in the safety world, they always talk about something called a near miss and a near miss just means it uh, could have been an accident and, and it wasn't. Uh, and so it's meant to be something that you learn from. And the point that I used to make to people is how many near misses did you have driving to work today? And, and many people would say, in fact, most people would say none. It was a pretty smooth, easy drive. I got in my car, drove to work without incident. Yeah. And I would have said the true answer to that question is you have no idea. Yeah. Right? I you don't may know. have driven you may have you may have passed somebody who was falling asleep at the wheel and you had no idea. You just drove past them. And in reality, you were in a near miss. That person could have fallen asleep, swerved over, hit you, and your life could have been over or at least severely altered. And and so it and it's sort of sort of haunting just to open up that possibility to recognize that there are all these things that are going on around us that we don't even process. And, and so, um, you know, similar to the way that we started this conversation about, you know, what is, uh, how do you get out of getting in your own way or, or get yourself unstuck or recognize that you are stuck? You know, part of it is just that awareness of, man, if not, if I'm not, am I passing up? How many things am I missing out because of this pattern that I have in this area of my life? And so, so, you know, I, I think, I think it's a pretty significant influencer of what we do and or don't do and at the end of the day most of it's just driven by fear and so and that's what that's what a perceived lack of of confidence and competence uh times the pressure of the situation create in us is just a tremendous amount of fear and so so you know i think really at the root of it if you want to figure out how to get unstuck and not limit yourself uh, in your life, 
what you really have to deal with is your fears. Uh, what's at the root of your fear? And I think um, one of the one of the most helpful, powerful questions that uh, that I've ever been asked, and it was just it wasn't posed specifically. It was posed generally in a uh, in a coaching environment that I was in, where they were talking about because uh, fears, of course, are all based on assumptions. Uh, you're right. assuming something bad's going to happen. And so they were just talking about, listen, you, you have to examine your, your assumptions. And the question that you ask about your assumptions is just this simple question. What if the opposite were true? And Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I and, love that. And, yeah. Because, you know, because here's the thing. And yourself, if I if I produce this forecast wrong, and we make decisions off this, um, it's going to sink the business, or it's going to cost me my job, or I'm going to lose face in a way that I, I can never recover from. And so that fear is driving at you, and, and you know it's it's exponentially multiplying the sense of pressure. And, and that's causing you to get stuck. And so if you're able to recognize that and say, these are the things I'm assuming about this situation. One, I'm assuming I'm probably going to do this wrong. Well, what if the opposite were true? What if I'm probably going to do it right? Right. right. right? Well, well, just that, just exposing that and giving a name to that and questioning it. Uh, I mean, in and of itself, like, like, even no, that's just, huge. Speaking that, I feel like a burden lifting, and I'm not even stuck right now. Yeah, just just framing it up of what if everything went right? Right. What if I'm really good at this? Um, right. What if this is the best you know forecast they've ever seen? That's just a totally you know no. That's a great way of looking at it because I think uh, very very few people do that in regard to anything. I think it's just, you know, innate human nature that your mind goes to what what's going to go wrong instead of what's going to go right. You just don't just don't think of things that way. You don't think of, man, well, what if all of these decisions I'm making on a daily basis, if I'm getting them, what happens if I'm getting all of this right? Right, right. And, and so, so really, like, what you're what you're battling against is the underlying fear that you have and then all of the negative self-talk and kind of head trash that that produces and and that's the thing that i think like if you were to kind of strip it all away and say uh what causes someone to get stuck that that's what i would pin it on right it's fear and negative yeah. self-talk and, and all that noise that's spinning that's spinning in your brain. And that's the struggle for me is that I have a really noisy head. And so so what I right. have to do for me is and so so everybody's everybody's strategy for how to how to deal with that is gonna be a little bit different. But um, what what I would sort of propose to people is kind of what we've talked about. One uh, you've got to have some awareness of of a couple of things. One, what what are those areas of your life where you don't feel confident, you don't feel competent, and there is 
external pressure being applied. So uh, it's it's really helpful just to know what those things are in advance. So you know if it's uh, a relational situation, uh, man, you need to you need to understand that and be aware of that so that you don't get the rug pulled out from under you every time you go sit down with, you know, X person or walk into a sales meeting or uh, hop on a Zoom call with your coworkers. Yeah, it's like... You need to be aware of it. Yeah, it's like any situation. If you know you're walking into a situation that you struggle with or maybe you're not the best at, if you're aware of that, uh, then you should be able to take measures ahead of time to, you know, better prepare and and ease your mind a little bit. Like the example you gave about public speaking is good because that's a good illustration of what what is a trigger for someone to be nervous for one person is is could not be for another. And just using the two of us for example, um yeah. I'm much less comfortable uh, with getting up and speaking in front of a crowd than you are. So that is that is definitely a situation where I would find myself, you know, getting stuck and getting like I would spend forever on notes and reading my presentation 800 times ahead of time and uh, rehearsing it over and over again. And probably to the point of, you know, just making it worse, not better. Whereas I imagine you would have a greater, a much greater level of confidence. Like, hey, my presentation's good and uh, I've done this a lot. I know I'm good at it. And you just kind of go into that, you know, with a much more level head than I would. So having that awareness uh, can, can definitely change how you approach the situation. Yeah, no, I think completely, completely shifts things for you, right? So, so you've got, you've got that awareness, right? And then you've got your fear-based assumptions, right? And if you can question your fear-based assumptions in that situation, uh, it doesn't mean you have to be delusional. So uh, what I mean by that is, uh, uh, so let's just say, and, you know, in this example that you're using, Let's just say that uh, that objectively to anybody, um, I'm better at standing up in front of a room and talking to people than you are, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't that doesn't mean that uh, all the other stuff that people are going to hate it. Uh, I'm going to bore everybody to death. I'm at, right. So so it doesn't mean that you have to be delusional and say to yourself, "I'm the best public speaker in the world." I could stand on any stage and hold my own with the greatest orators of our time, right? It doesn't mean that you're delusional. It just means that, that you're, you're removing and ex- you're examining and trying to remove all, all the stuff that is going to prevent you from doing the very best that you can um, based on your level of ability and your natural gifting when you get into that environment. And, and that's just really what you're trying to do here in terms of getting unstuck is you're just trying to get out of your way. And so, 
So that that awareness seems, uh, and and then questioning those assumptions, and just asking the question, like, what if the opposite were true? What if people are going to really love the fact that I'm not a polished speaker, and find it really refreshing? What if I have really interesting things to say that um, that people are going to connect to and appreciate and feel challenged by, or you know, fill in the blank. That, that just sort of opens you up kind of almost like create creatively, right? Yeah, just right. Say, no, you're, you're, you are nailing like exactly what my fears would be in that environment is my fears would be uh, my voice sounds boring. Um, I'm not going to have anything interesting to say. I'm not going to be engaging. I'm, I'm going to forget something that I was supposed to say, or I'm going to say something wrong. Like, those are all the negative thoughts that would go through my head as opposed to um, what you just said of, you know, maybe people will find it refreshing that I'm not a, you know, some kind of slick, polished public right. speaker that, you know, nails everything. Maybe I'm more relatable because, you know, they can relate to, hey, that's probably how I would sound, you know, giving a talk, you know, maybe it's less intimidating uh, yeah, to and, listen to. Yeah. It, it just kind of flips on, you know, the, the, the tech world has that, you know, is it a bug or is it a feature question? Right. And it's, right. it's that same, it's opening up that same idea for whatever it is that you're doing and, and whatever it is about you that feels, feels uh, incompetent or, uh, or lacking confidence, right? To say, you know, how do I, maybe the opposite's true. And this is actually what makes me really good at this. Um, uh, and that could mean fresh eyes that other people don't see it with, or that could be because I, I have a different style or approach that people aren't used to that they, that they enjoy that, yeah, there's a myriad of ways to reframe that. And, but it all starts with you, you have to, you have to question those uh, those fear-based assumptions that you're making, and and once you do that, it changes the the internal narrative, and that's that's really what you're trying to accomplish when it comes to things like getting out of your own way is just uh, shifting that internal narrative, and so um, once once you can kind of make those two steps and try to make that habitual. I think then it's just recognizing the signs that you're in your own way. And I think usually uh, those are probably pretty common for people. So these would be some things that, uh, that I would see within myself. Uh, uh, procrastination is I think a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, is this that's sign? huge. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm putting something off, it's because I'm unsure about it in some form or fashion. Don't know if I should do it. Don't know if I can do it or think I can do it. Not sure how good I'm going to be at it. Like, I have some level of reservation about it. And right. that's why I'm not doing it. Right. So I, I think that's a that's a huge one. So if you can... If you can have a certain level of self-awareness to say, um, man, I'm, I'm procrastinating on this. So, so here's what happens to me. Uh, I especially happens at work. So I, I basically have a rolling to-do list 
and uh, and magically the things that I'm probably in my I'm in my way on are the ones that aren't getting checked off day after day and sometimes week after week and sometimes month after month and in the worst cases year after year. Uh, yeah. There's there's usually now sometimes there's a, a a practical reason why that's being delayed, but most of the time there's an emotional reason why that's being delayed, and so uh, so some of it's just sort of recognizing the that that pattern of, uh, this is something I continue to not get to. Um, there's probably something more here. I'm probably overthinking this or in my way somehow. So I think, I think procrastination is, is probably a really big one. I I also think just, um, that I don't know how to describe this, but there's a feeling that comes with being overwhelmed that just that sense of like, uh, I can't do this. I don't know where to start. I, yeah, there's you know. like, oh, Blake, you cut out. So, um, what what I was just saying here is that there is this uh, this real uh, almost just like. Are you back? Yep, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, so I was just saying, yeah, to, to your point, like, it's almost just like this dark cloud descends over you, and you feel things like you feel your creativity go away, you feel your energy drop, uh, you, you know, you find yourself uh, staring at a blank page or staring at the ceiling or hopping on a social media channel or something like that. Um, so, so it's just this, like, overwhelm and then this, this, this desire to distract yourself like to rescue yourself from the discomfort of that moment. And so that's also a sign that you're probably in a space where you're not, uh, you're overthinking something, probably getting in your way, in your own way, or at least at, at a high risk of getting stuck. So I think, yeah, the, no, that's, that's a million percent accurate. And what, what you made me think of with the rolling to-do list is that's, that's also a signal that you can be aware of is I have the same thing. I've got a to-do list that I keep all of the time. And whether you want to admit it or not, you're aware of the items that keep getting pushed down the list. Um, you know oh man, that item has been on here for six months. So that's a good sign that, uh, hey, I probably need to stop and look at this item and figure out, like, why do I keep putting this off? Do I need help from someone else? Um, Am I just, is it just going to be something difficult that I just don't want to do? And that's why I'm putting, you know, I think you can, that's an easy sign to identify, hey, uh, this is something I'm stuck on and then then figure out why am I stuck and what levers are available me to me to pull yep. to get out of this get out of this place yep yep the um, I, I totally agree with that and and the you know the other thing that it brought up for me just kind of thinking about this, this pattern of being stuck, recognizing that you're stuck and the kinds of things that get in the way is um, almost any time that you're in a situation where you're telling yourself there's no margin for error. Right. There's no margin for error. 
that that is probably one of like procrastination and that that sense that there's no margin for error because there's margin for error in everything um everything on the face of the earth uh so when there's a demand for perfection when there is this sense that that getting this wrong is is like a devastating loss that i can't i can't stomach then, yeah, like an irrevocable error. Right. Like if, then, if this goes wrong, everything is ruined. Right. And so, and, and some of that stuff helps uh, over the course of time, just from the standpoint of um, you do with some years of experience start to see, uh, hey, uh, I didn't nail that report and the business kept going. Or, hey, I flubbed that presentation and I didn't get fired. And, uh, I'm still friends with all the people who were there and everybody got a good laugh at my expense. And in some ways it probably worked to endear or humanize me to the rest of the organization or to the rest of my team or things like that. So, so I, I think, um, you know, one of the other kind of key strategies for, for dealing with those situations is just, uh, uh, allowing, the presence of of grace for yourself to come in, and and to say uh, I, I'm going to make errors. Uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't reasonably have an expectation of myself that I will be error free. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't care about getting things right, and I don't care about doing an excellent job. But um, in most cases, that's a that's a moving target on a on a floating continuum. Uh, and, and so, uh, as much as people hate to admit this, uh, a lot of times in life, um, the best that you can do then is enough. And so I, I'll, I'll just close with a, a, um, something that, that gets me unstuck, a phrase that I repeat to myself. Uh, when I when I when I have awareness that I'm stuck, and sometimes I'm kind of slow to the to arrive at the party, um, you know, I'm I'll say I'll just sort of wake up one day and say, you know what, I've been putting this stuff for three months, so I wonder why, and then I'll kind of unpack it a little bit and I recognize that I'm stuck, and and one of the things that I say to myself on a regular basis is a good something is better than a bad, or I'm sorry, a bad something is better than a good nothing. Yep. A, a bad something is better than a good nothing. And that is the phrase that triggers me to just get started. Yeah, right. Just get started. Yeah. Right? Even if it's not perfect, even if it's not complete, even if it's not exactly right, it's way better than the nothing I'm doing now. Yeah, I think that it, that is a that's a great point to close on, that just... Oftentimes, doing something is all you, is all you need to do. Just yep. just get started, and and once you you know exercising uh, a task at work, you know a conversation you need to have with somebody, whatever it is, um, take the first step, and then generally it gets easier, and it's not as bad as you had it made up in your mind, and and it all works out. So, yep. Nope, I think that's I great. Well, I enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're always on. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here next week. <laughs> All right. Enjoyed it. See you, man. All right, see you.